cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Still the clean record, hope got all right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cooper's Canteen Cup. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and, and listening to us. want to give Carlton Zeus a big shout-out. Thank you for the intro music. I still can't believe you're, uh, you're allowing us to, to use your music on here, but our seven listeners definitely appreciate it. If you want to hear more Carlton Zeus, you can check them out on uh, Apple Music or over at www.carltonzeus.com. So we have a special episode today for, uh, for everybody on we have Tom and Jen Satterly. So if you know if you if you run within the the Army Special Operations circles, uh, Tom and Jen Satterly need no introduction. Uh, you you know who they are. You know what they're you know you know what they're doing right now. Uh, for those of you who don't run in those circles, uh, Tom and Jen Satterly are. They, they run the All Secure Foundation and Virago Foundation, uh, and we'll get in. We'll let them talk about that and uh, and tell you kind of tell you what those are about. Um, but just a quick background: Tom spent over over two decades uh, within special operations. You know, specifically at uh, First Special Forces Operational Detachment Delta. Uh, you know, Tom's career spanned. Everything from Mogadishu in 1993 to you know the Iraq uh, the Iraq War in in the 2000s uh, and uh, all the way up in Tom you retired it was what 2010 yeah, right around yeah, September 10 yeah yeah and uh, so to 2010 so you know Tom uh, Tom's a guy he's been there he's done that and you know Jen has been by his side helping helping along saving saving lives and you know not only saving lives but but saving Tom's life and I don't want to get too personal but you know what they're doing now is they're doing they're really they're truly doing the Lord's work uh, you know reaching out to to those those folks who are struggling, um, you know, whether it be post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury and, uh, and helping them through their, through their foundations. Uh, so, you know, without, without further ado, I want to throw it over to, uh, to Luke and, uh, and we'll get into this, man. They've got a fantastic story to tell and it definitely, everybody will be better for, for having heard it. Wow. Thanks. I'm better. I'm better for being here already. <laughs> <laughs> And coupled with this, uh, you guys go look, go into as much of your background as, as you want or as little. Um, I'm, I'm going by the outline here that, that Josh uh, gave us. This is a really well done outline, but it's not very – I'm lying. It's not good at all. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of, I, can, I can kind of say what I want right here. I, I'm usually the one that de- – I'm usually the one that does do does the outlines, and we try to keep it real simple because uh, we're all three blockheads. But uh, what I want to get into is uh, the first of all is the two organizations, All Secure Foundation and Virago. And just if you could, first of all, I'm going to be like Roger. One of the things Roger does is he'll ask 40 questions and expect you to remember every single one of them. So I'm going to do something similar to that. So I'll ask you to. Uh, Kind of explain both organizations, take turns, you know, what, however you want to do it. And uh, one thing I'm particularly interested in is some of the challenges you faced uh, when you first started setting up both of the 501c3s and the challenges you continue to face to this day. And it's almost, it's very selfish of me to ask that because uh, one of my resolutions over the next uh, couple of years is to set up my own with a couple of uh, friends of mine. And I, I just, I, 
I want to know some of the pitfalls because I, I started looking into it. And I was like, yeah, no wonder more people don't do this because, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not as easy as as uh, as I thought it would be. So uh, yeah, tell us about All Secure and uh, Virago. Yeah, and it's easy setting up foundations. I mean, it's easy, and you make all kinds of money. So just just Google it, and you're all you're there in about five minutes. Yeah, um, our foundation, um, the All Secure Foundation, right? The All Secure Foundation was basically formed after Jen kind of was thrust into the special operations world in film and photography, and also thrust into meeting up with me and seeing what a blockhead I was and all the issues that I had that came with it. You know, here's this charming guy on the surface, you know, that's that's cool and in a history she doesn't know anything about anyway. And and then boom, there's this asshole standing in front of me, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And then and it's like, what what happened? I love him so much, yet he's completely and utterly fucked up. He, he's he's gone. And and she 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 didn't realize that disparity between who I really was inside and who I was putting up up front, you know? And then, and then she starts working in special operations community and the guys open up to her cause you're on target for, you know, five days at a time waiting for the hit to go down and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so she spends 30 days at a time with, with these SEALs, Rangers and SF cats who are, who turn to her number one, cause she's a woman two, she's pretty. And then three, we're there so long, they start to share their stories with, that they don't share with each other. We didn't share it with each other. I mean, we talked about other shit, you know? And so now when a woman shows up that's constantly there, um, she's embedded and they start sharing their stories of family and the struggles. And then guys didn't come back um, for the next training iteration. Hey, where's Joe? Nah, he was killed. And, and she couldn't deal with that. So after, what, two and a half years of doing that um, and co-founding a special operations training firm with me and some others, she said, I got to get out of this. This is not this is not <laughs> this for is me, crazy. man. We're training them up to go to war. We're the last thing they see with all the TTPs and all the bad things that we've experienced in our careers. We're throwing it at these units. So hopefully they're prepared for it if they see it overseas. And to her, that's not training. To her, that's reality. You know, this IED goes off and this guy falls down and he has a meltdown. She's like, well, this is just fucking firecracker and some bottle rockets. What's up? No, that guy realizes what that really means to him and the buddies around him. And I also would hear, there's no crying on contract. <laughs> there's no crying. On- <laughs> there's no crying on RMT, that's for sure. Stop it. And I'm like, I'm not. But she started having uh, dudes crying on RMT. These pipe hitters were like crying and wanting to. I was popular. Reconnect with their <laughs> spouses and their kids. And they didn't know how to. And we didn't know how to either. We were struggling so bad. I was, I was tanking. And she kind of stepped back and realized. I don't want to do this. We're going to start a nonprofit. And I'm like, we're what? She's like, come on, you can do anything, right? You're in Delta. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work like that. It's, it briefs well and it sounds good on the headlines, but that doesn't mean shit. I, I could shoot people, but we don't need that. You know, I can see you. We don't need that. Um, I don't do office work very well, but I can yell at people. And she's like, well, that's all I need. So she got to work. <laughs> you She'll, yell at people. I'll do the paperwork. She'll be the one that can tell you how to stand up a nonprofit, not me. Um, I'm like, tell me what to do, man. Just, just please, just tell me what to do, and I'll do that exactly. And that's all. That's I was at that point in my life. So our struggles and and everything that we learned, she wanted to put back to help others, and that's when the old write a book thing started. You know, and I'm like, never. That'll never happen. That will never, 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 never happen. Yeah, but frankly, I mean, <laughs> really, it had gotten to the point when I would go on RMTs 
I was also going to school. I was going to coaching school and health school and all these other things. I'm constant. Our house looks like the self-help section of Barnes and Noble. Nope. It truly does. Yeah, like sticky notes. Any- <laughs> dry erase boards in the kitchen. And, and, and they're actually by category too. I'm like that much of a nerd. Like I have the food shelf. I have the spiritual, the mind and everything. So I've kind of been obsessive like my whole life in this category anyway. Um, but what I noticed too was that like, one of the SEAL teams that the last iteration I went on was a long one. It was 28 days. And it was the third time I had been with this team. And like Tom had said, there were a few guys that I had known from the first iteration that didn't come back. I'm a total empath. And I remember telling him, I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. Like I, I guys keep not coming home and it's, it's not just names anymore. It's faces and people. And he's like, well, None I'm, of us are cut out for this. I'm getting you mad know, like, at her because I'm like, you don't know these people. What do you pick up their paper and read the obituaries and cry? I, I used to make fun of that. I'm not that guy. I don't know you. I know death. And so I didn't realize where I was. I didn't realize that I had no feelings about death. I had no empathy or compassion. And I'm like, what are you? What are you? You don't know that. I'm trying to convince her to be the same as me. You know, and that mm-hmm. kind of turned into her convincing me to be like her. And caring about people and caring about situations and caring about things. I'm like, well, I got tricked on that one, didn't I? <laughs> I got, <laughs> my defensive mechanism my entire life to keep me from breaking down and giving a shit was to not care about anything and just do my job. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that's where I was. But I, in that time, I noticed that on this last iteration that the guys would come to me because they're like, hey, you know um, – I heard like Tom's on all these supplements now and he's doing all the stuff. He lost 30 pounds. So people were noticing like the physical change in him, the emotional change. He wasn't having outbursts at work as much anymore. He wasn't such an asshole at work anymore. So then really it was one of the commanders who was friends with him asked me on the side, like, Hey, what's he doing? And I'm like, here's my number. Just call me after this iteration. Well, that number got passed around and I was on the phone like 11 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, hi, um, hi, um, I got your number from one of the other team guys. Can you help me with my wife? Can you help me with my kids? Can you help me? And so I'm like, we have to do this. This has to be our our, our mission um, because you guys could train them up to go over. And there's lots of guys who can train them up to go over and, and, and keep them safe. But Nobody's keeping them safe on the backside. Like nobody's helping retrain. Nobody's helping reacclimate. And I, I shouldn't say no one. That's not fair. At the time, seven years ago, it felt like no one. Um, there's a lot more organizations that have come up. The Army, uh, the Navy that we've been working with has been stepping up in, in big ways, really. Um, but eight years ago, that wasn't the case. And that's not what we were seeing. So um, the nonprofit was kind of formed to catch all of these people that were coming in and it wasn't like, is there a problem? It's like, there's a really big problem and there needs to be more hands on deck, not less. And he's like, there's a ton of veteran nonprofits. I'm like, how many serve the family? Like truly we'll look at the yeah, spouses and hunting, equal. We can go to Disney. We could go scuba diving. Yeah. You know, so I'm going down that list of veterans. Hey, veterans come, come do this, come do that. And I'm like, I could go hunting. I could go duck hunting, deer hunting, whatever hunting. I go to Alaska because I'm a vet. I could go diving because I'm a vet. And it's all free. I could do all this cool shit. And, and it's, it's like, great. And we saw friends of ours <laughs> that 
go and get help. And they get off heroin, crack, cocaine, and they blah, 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 blah. They cheat on their wives. And then they go home and they feel better and they're all ready to get started. Honey, man, sorry about the last 20, 25 years, but I'm better now. <laughs> and they're like, fuck you. Fuck you. A lot of that. <laughs> Where's my shit, right? What, I had to deal with your ass for 20 to 25 years or more. And I'm glad you're all better, you know. But man, as soon as there's one lapse with that veteran, still the spouse doesn't know what to do. Still the spouse is upset. Still the spouse has had to change their entire life and existence and how they raise kids and where they live for that veteran. So they're, they're upset that they're, they're left out. And, and we knew we had to include them because when you come home and somebody fails, there's somebody to catch them if the spouse knows what to do. That spouse can recognize those 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 lapses in judgment or he's starting to fall or she's starting to push back behind. And then if we teach the veteran the same thing about their spouses and connect, it's like, hey, flirt, date, man. I mean, if, if you don't flirt with your wife, somebody will. And guess what will happen? And ladies, <laughs> you don't get a pass on this one, man. All right. If you don't flirt with your husband, somebody will. Right. So we're, it's, it's all about sides. the relationships. It's- and if that relationship's strong. They can help each other beyond all the other issues that they're going to have anyway, that normal people have. Yeah. And that's where Virago came into place, too, which um, I just grabbed your wife, Josh, to help me out with that. But um, actually, I've brought on a couple of really cool wives and spouses from different places in the community. Um, It's really meant to be a sounding board. It's meant to be a community of support for spouses who um, initially it was your spouse was, you know, a combat, either veteran or active duty. Then it was a lot of law enforcement spouses started joining in. And now we really kind of keep it open to anyone who's a loved one of someone who has experienced PTS. Um, we will have private groups for the special operation community where it's, you need to be vetted to come in. Cause again, we want to create protection measures, um, both and for security and, and likeness. Likeness, age, job. I mean, if you can't bond, you can't open up, right? So, I mean, we've done that. We've had, yeah, we've had, we've the, done the mixed retreats to, don't, to where, <laughs> don't work well. Guys show up that aren't quite like the other guys. And then and those questions that come across the room really create that. It's like the record the, hey, scratch who, moment. Who the fuck are you? You know, why are you here? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, now nobody's going to talk and there's some competition in the room. So we kind of keep it. We keep it like, um, you know, we'll talk about it later, but Josh, you were with us one time. There was some differences in age groups, you know, on our, on our one we did. And it was like, I, maybe it was behind the scenes, but there were some things I had to go deal with that maybe you were there one night when guys showed up and they're younger and they're different, you know, and they're like the older, the older, older gentlemen in the group were like pulling these guys to the side, these young kids like, Hey, listen up. I get it. But you're not with your Ranger bros anymore, man. We're here so you can learn to hang out with your spouse. Where's your spouses and things? So there was some mentoring with that difference, but it had to be respectful. It had to be those younger guys respected the older guys versus versus totally different MOS, totally different mindset. And and they're not going to share stories. So we've learned doing that to keep it like like groups and ages. We've talked a long time. Have we gone? Oh, the 501. No, no, no. I didn't answer yeah, that. Yeah. We'll get to the good we'll stuff. Everything before we stop talking. <laughs> um, the 501c3, we were lucky enough to have an attorney who volunteered, um, uh, Robert Hodges. He had a friend who, um, a veteran friend, very close friend who committed suicide through PTS experience. And so he wanted to give back. Um, so many people always like, how can we help? He came in for how can I help? I'll help you set this thing up. 
um, donate my time and services. So thank God we had a lawyer to do all of the lawyery, IRS filings, all of that stuff. And, that, and that's something to do. You have social media, whether you whether you hate yeah. people or like people on it, you know, whatever platform. But if it's a business, who gives a shit what they believe in, right? You want to sell something or you want to use something or use somebody's skills. So you can put out on social media, I mean, for anybody who wants to start a nonprofit and help. I mean, it's not it's not in the undoable category. You can put yeah. out looking for people to donate time to help me set up a nonprofit. You can Google and set up an, an, a nonprofit in no time for 50 bucks probably and get a get a number you want a cage code it's another two hundred dollars you know so you can pay through the government kind of thing but that's financial but those legal things you need to do with the state blah 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 if you can find a lawyer that can do that for you for free you just saved you know thousand two thousand i don't know i don't know what i saved but it was a lot of time (laughs) and money that we saved that you know we're putting our money into it Mm -hmm. i'm out working a job that i don't want to do anymore still training while she's at home doing this for free and we're paying money to get this done and find people to help us do the, do yeah. it right. You know, and I'm, I'm making money so we can live in the house and eat. And I know she's building a career that hopefully one day I'll be able to step into, which I w- was able to. And then we're bringing other people in and, and, and creating jobs is what we're doing and what she's done. But it's all doable with the help of other people who want to help veterans. People are like, how can I help? They, they, they mean it and they love it, but they don't know. You have to tell them. And the only way you can tell them is by knowing what they do. Right. And I tell people, I don't know. How can you help? Are you a lawyer? Are you are you accountant? What are your skills? Tell me your skills and I'll I'll look and figure out what I can do to use those skills. And if not, sorry, just share the word. But all that can be done. um, Yeah, I mean, I free, you know, well, (laughs) when people are always like, I'm going to start a nonprofit. I'm like, have money, have a lawyer, because, you know, he had said that we we did self-fund initially mm-hmm. so that that money that i'm like oh we have this much set aside that'll be enough that was like after the first month i'm like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, <That's gone. laughs> so a little more money uh to start this thing um but where there's a will there's a way we made it we made it happen and honestly um you know i probably should have gone online sooner and asked for more help because since then we've had so many different people from all walks of life um offer help it's always that chicken or the egg scenario like at what point Mm -hmm. does one give to the other i'll give you money if you're if you're set up and you know what you're doing well we need money to (laughs) know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) we had a million dollars of course we could hire people to do everything we'll just manage that i mean we're getting to the point where we don't do it all i mean we've done it all we've done it i I still Mm -hmm. drive the post office dump shirts we package everything ourselves and books and shirts and you know, I think I bought stamps.com. I haven't even figured out how to use yet. So I still go down there and buy stuff. <laughs> so, you know, we're trying. And then we bring in people that can do business stuff, organize things. And we brought in other people that were, you know, going to help us and didn't. And we, we moved on and <laughs> Moving on. changed people. Um, you know, it's a business. Everybody, people think nonprofit. Ooh, what a, what a breeze that is, man. People love you and give you money and you work. No, and it's a business that you have to run like a business. The tax people are always hitting you up with the same paperwork, though it terrifies me. You know, I find out, oh, you don't have to pay, but here's what here's what they scare you with. Here's what you would pay. Things like that. But you have to keep that paperwork going. You have to keep it up or it's all gone in a second. So that's the terrifying part. So we have to do that. We have to do the legwork. We're on the phone talking to people while we're doing the legwork, you know, and, and oh, by the way, we travel and, and we run the retreats. We set them up. And I mean, honestly, it's her and I and we brought in 
Well, we have a therapist, but we brought in another person that, that admin, admin, queen. admin, man. Oof. You know, the first person you ever get is an yes. admin person. That one who loves to send out emails and type shit. Three that, years later. That's the person you always get. <laughs> <laughs> we got Denise DeLellis now. Short who, who three years. Used to work at work in admin and, and, and is married to a guy from work for, for years, years, years. And uh, you know you can trust her. She's yes. got that mentality from work that, oh, get to work, man. And I, I love something her way. She takes <laughs> off like a boss. I never have to worry about it again. That's who you want. You know, it's. Hire slow, fire fast. It's a business, and I imagine the finances, the handling the finance portion, you know, along with the taxes. Is does your admin person do that as well? No, we brought in finance day one. So, Lord, I should say lawyer money finance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, we're not, we're not going (laughs) to mess with that. Like I. I can be, um, I used to be, you've made me really We're, tighter we are with not going money, to jail. but no, I'm like, if that's a penny, I don't know. Let's go through approval process. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's a pen. It's all right. And I'm like, I don't know. Everything we're, goes through Jesse. So we have we're pretty everything. We're strict in ourselves third, with yes. the money because it's not ours. It's, it's not, not our money. It's not right. for us. stewards so, of it. Yeah. We're really strict with it. I, we, it's easy, right? It's easy to get a bad name. It's easy yep. for someone mm-hmm. to see you driving a car and go, oh. Right. So um, we're worried about optics and, we, and we're yeah. honestly and, and reasonably worried about optics because it's other people's money. Nobody knows where you got your money and if you have your own money and, and why aren't you spending your own money then? You know, and everybody wants to judge you for what you're doing. So we're real careful about that. And we we can now tell everybody that 100 percent of their donations go back yes. to help people. We don't take a penny of have- anyone's money because we have somebody that pays us. And all our admin to keep operating. So every other time oh, wow. can go back guy. back to people. And that's that's we can that's say awesome. that now. And it's, yeah, it was it's all separate. And every, that's that's a big thing too, is finding people that understand that business model and understand what it takes to have a successful nonprofit. And so we were lucky enough to have um, a large company, but they're Missouri based. They want to remain mm-hmm. anonymous. So um, but they're awesome. I love them. They're Missouri boys, they're hunting, fishing, but they own a rather large company and they're like, we'll cover the business side of it. You guys come on, you work, we've got it covered, go and do this work. You know, it's important and we want to support it. So that just allows a hundred percent of every dime goes right back into right. programs. That's You're awesome. right. You're I right. It does sound easy. Sounds super easy. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll have, this. I'm, I'm thinking two week stops, two week stops. I'll be done with this, man. So Josh used to be Josh used to be our finance guy for Culper's Canteen Cup, and then we gave him some money, and he decided to go out to Kansas to some wedding and got sloshed and spent our entire uh, yearly allocation uh, all boozed up, (laughs) and then made a lady cry and came back with a shitty interview. So we we no longer one. I I keep telling Luke he is a part of a nonprofit because we make zero money, and uh, you know now we don't have a finance guy. So that's that's kind of where we're at. But no one I. And we've talked about this before, Luke, Josh, and I, uh, on previous episodes, and not to blow too much smoke up your asses, but I do applaud your efforts and everything you've done, because especially throughout the social media community, everybody's a lot of talk. So I live out here in Arizona, and and we've got a pretty big uh, Arizona Veterans Forum, and I'm a part of, and everybody's always talking, you know, and it's the, hey, uh, watch this, you know, fucking video of me doing 22 push-ups a day, and you know, hey, here's my phone number and just hit me up, brother. And, you know, you call and it goes to voicemail or, you know, whatever. They're screening their calls, scam likely or, or whatever. So, you know, especially, uh, and it's painful because our own, 
you know, we talk, it's, it's just shy of virtue settling where, and I get that not everybody has the resources. So I'm not bagging on folks that are out there trying to help, but we are the worst at taking care of ourselves. Uh, we sit there and we talk about it. We post our little video. I'm calling Luke out to do 12 push-ups because he can't do 22. He fails at 10. And he calls he calls Josh out to do his you know his eight. And he does four, and then the next thing you know, after like day what five or six, you run out of people to call, right? And and then it just kind of goes away, and and you know it's a different topic. And so we had actually discussed before, um, you know, way shorter of where both of you are at, but it's like, Hey, we actually got to do something proactive. I mean, we have to do something. So one, I, I applaud the effort. Cause you just, you know, you said it and you kind of retract a little bit that no one is retraining. You're right. You know, cause I think when you statistically look at it, it's very few. There's a lot of people out there talking about it. Uh, there are a lot of organizations that are profiting from it. Um, but like you mentioned, you know, you can go out and shoot and you can hunt and you can fish, but where's the therapy part? Uh, and I don't know how, how both of you are. I'm assuming probably the same, but one of the reasons we started this, uh, this podcast, well, one, Josh told us to start it. So we started it, but as we got into it, uh, cause at first we were just, <laughs> at first we were just audio and then we went to YouTube, but it became very therapeutic. It's like, yeah. wow, you know, I get to sit here for two hours and shoot the shit. And so far we've only had to what dump one episode cause of Josh, uh, which was a recent one, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, so it, it is extremely therapeutic. Uh, I was going through your website. So for those that are interested out there, go to allsecurefoundation.org. And something I wanted to hit you up on was your six-week mind and body reset. So one, I, I got to tell you, I was extremely disappointed because you, you have it bolded. This program is not a military boot camp. And so that's what I expected. I was like, oh, man, we're going back to basic training. And then you read through this, and it's like, oh, actually, it's not this at all. It is a total reset. So can you talk a little bit about that as far as what it's entailed, what, what you can expect to, uh, to get out of it? I'm just going to I'm gonna start with she built this totally herself. <laughs> oh, crap. Well, I sat and said, uh, such, you're spending a lot of time on this. No one's going to do this. Um, <laughs> he did. And, He'd be an ass at home, too. Not just at work. I wasn't throwing things at her, but. Not, she, not I mean, moment. she didn't create all this stuff, but she no. put it together from places that are the best. And and I was the guinea pig for a lot of it. Like, try this, try ah, it doesn't work. Okay, we'll take that out. But people have done this. Uh, one one person has done it, and un, one un, person. Un, well, one person that did it. <laughs> one former uh, special forces guy successful. I didn't really know. It was on all kinds of drugs, doing all this stuff, was out of the military, blah, 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 blah. And I found your program and I thought I'd do it. And, you know, one of those, I'm not going to ask anybody. I didn't even know he was doing it. Completely off drugs, completely motivated, completely um, cleaned himself up because he followed it to a T. Yeah, and that was he a did, thorough program. A and there's been people that have written in, hey, it's hard to follow, blah, blah. Yeah, it's hard to follow because it's a lot to do in a short time to help you. Right. It's like the nuclear launch codes got to be difficult. So it's not easy to do, man. Right. <laughs> or everybody would do it. But if you follow it's not it, not a magic pill. It's not a magic people pill. You've got to put in the work. And who put in, people who put in the work, it's work. And I've done it and it worked. So it's a good program that, that had a lot of effort put into it from her that she won't tell you. So. Oh, OK. Well, thank you for that. But it really is somebody else's material. And I got permission for it. So it's OK. But. Um, Dr. Hyman, so when I went to health coaching school, one of the things that really triggered for me, and at that time I was still working alongside special operations, so I was also eating out of gas stations, sleeping two hours a day. And <laughs> You know the menu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first RMT I went on, I, at the end of it, 
we had just started to become friends and texting and everything. And I was like, I, I, he was like, Hey, we're all going to go and grab Chick-fil-A or something. You want to go? I'm like, my hair is in five different directions. I'm like, I've slept an hour and a half Mm -hmm. and they're going to, they're already up and getting food. Like the fuck is wrong with these guys? Like, (laughs) can I sleep for four hours? (laughs) And, um, but at the end of that, I'm like, no, I don't want to come with you. I'll see you later. And he came back and he came to the door and he's like, are you all right? I'm like, I think I have cancer or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm really We've sick. We've been on this for four weeks. I've developed cancer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel good. So I, um, I realized that for these guys and gals who are overseas and then train up and then go on these RMTs and they're living – this lifestyle that's really, frankly, unhealthy. Um, you need sleep to detox. You need sleep. That's when your body does all of its repair work. And so I saw a total breakdown in my health, you know, after a couple of years. And I'm like, if this is happening to me after two years, after 25, like, what does his body look like? So I went to health coaching school to better understand PTS, the biology of it. And then how to fix it. Like I'm a fixer. So it's not like, I just want the information. I'm like, tell me what to do. Let's get to work. Um, so this program, I'm like, Oh, did you know the cortisol levels or the serotonin comes from your gut and this, this, and this, and started to see how PTS was playing a part in nutrition. Um, so Dr. Hyman's program, um, he does a reset. He does an elimination. Tom is actually going through Cleveland Clinic right now. I get to detox for a year. <laughs> One year. You think six weeks is bad. Wow. And then go to the hyperbaric chamber. So. Yeah. Maybe wow. the, to- the metals removed from his bone. Yeah. I'm down to two drinks of alcohol a night if I drink. So no more than two a night when I do choose to drink. Mm-hmm. And then that would be tapered down to zero. Um, no gluten, no. Uh, okay, Dairy, I can eat. I can eat turkey and and. Veg. We're not selling this program. Very no, well. I can eat chicken Scratching. and uh, chicken right. and beans. No, we're not. <laughs> <I'm through. laughs> Something totally different. It's the Cleveland Clinic program. Stop. <laughs> On ours, you can do ice cream and whatnot. So. <laughs> no. But, um, <laughs> he doesn't even know it. Basically, I. <laughs> you don't. You probably never read it, but. It's okay. Wait, let's take a four-second pause. You can delete that and edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) Start over. Oh, sure thing. Sure thing. Start over with (laughs) how healthy I am. Tom has followed everything exactly to the T. He's been a model um, follower. No, you have not. But he tries, and I'll give him that. So the six-week mind and body, it's self-guided. You open it up. It tells you exactly what to do. It's going to walk you through Here's what it is. Here's how you set up. Here's how you prep for it. Because it's not like people will get it and they're like, I'm so excited. I'm starting tomorrow. I'm like, you haven't read it then yet. <laughs> you got two weeks of work you got first. two weeks of work before you start tomorrow. The problem is people are always like, I'm starting tomorrow. And I'm like, no, let's start in two weeks. So like, But I'm excited now. I'm like, I know, but you're not prepared. And if you're not prepared by buying all the right foods and everything you need by three days from now, you're already going to be off this program because you're not prepared for it. So Hmm. it's going to prep you. It's going to get you back into that tactical mindset of um, a routine, a regiment. So many of the guys that we work with, they get out of the military and they they fall out of routine really quick. So you're relearning (laughs) to prepare, to, to, to set a goal. Right? Follow through. To, to set a plan to reach that goal in the timeline and then prepare and then start to execute and know that you're not going to hit go mm-hmm. and stop in the next hour. You're going to hit go and it's going to be six weeks. 
after you prepped for the two weeks, shopping, getting ready. So you're learning, oh, I can't just take a pill again. I can't just fix what I spent 20 years screwing up. I need to do what I've been doing my entire career, identify a goal, you know, figure out what I want to do to get that, set a path, plan, backward backward plan, and back, you know, for my timing and start. But we do you that. Gotta put, you got to put together that kind of. Yeah, you have to. The, and, and I hear, but I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, you don't have any skills in the civilian world, do you? Because civilians don't plan. They don't execute shit, right? No. I hear so many times guys don't have the – we don't have the training or the skills, and I'm terrified. It's a civilian world. I, have, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like the military, only you don't have to wear a uniform. And you get paid more money. You know? <laughs> you don't get shot at. Maybe. Me. You don't get shot at. And you're home more, so deal with that. But it's – Guys think they don't have the skills to do what they want to do, and it's just the fear of something new, right? And, and there and, is oh, by the way, it's called that. something different, right? A conop is whatever it's called in the civilian world, and a you know a timeline is something else. But we all do the same things. We need to set a goal. We need to backward plan from that and figure out when we need to start. What do we got to do before we start, and, and then it'll work out. And then if it was all your money. I think that's a lot of the problem is in the military, it's not your money. It's not your time. You're just there biding time until retirement. It's like your, it's your penance. It's like, oh, I don't know. I'll be here and I'll do what I got to do until the day I retire. And man, it's awesome. And then you retire and you're like, I don't know what to do anymore. Right? Because you don't have the resources. You got to do it all yourself. So that's another part about running a nonprofit is you don't have all that help that you used to have. Oh, he was so used to <laughs> all his secretaries. I'm like, honey, there's uh, no secretary it's here. Hard it me, so. It's hard going back. It's hard going back. You're like, hey, get this done. And then you go back and lay down and watch TV and your wife's like, get what done, man? Get the fuck up. You do it yourself. So, Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's accepting of the change and realizing you got to put in the effort and the work. And, and there might be a thing or two people will pull from the program, you know, the one guy from Lockheed, he's so funny. He's like 65. He's getting ready to retire. And he's like, there's a chapter calling, write, write the shit down, write shit down. Like, so good to just write every day. It's a list or whatever else. Um, and so he called and he was like, I, I followed your program. I did okay on the food. I lost 12 pounds. So, you know, I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm like, great, great, great. And he's like, and I'm writing shit down. <laughs> I'm like. Whisper shit. I was like, wow, there's a difference between Air Force and Army that I'm starting to learn more and more every day. But that was it was just so cute because he was so proud of like, I've been doing it every night. Like for him, that piece is what helped him deal with what he had to deal with and see what he had to see and recognize his patterns by putting it down on paper. Um, so there's there's different things. There's meditation. There's mind mapping. There's a lot of different things in there that um, maybe people will gravitate towards the food piece and, and that will help. Maybe some people gravitate more towards the meditation or the journaling or um, some of the other kind of movement things that we talk about in it. But there's something for everybody for sure in it, military or not. The thing with that and well, everything else in life, you know, PTSD, whatever, the, whatever your issues or problem is, I mean, the thing with it, we're the lighthouse. Hey, look over here. Something that'll help you. Here's some tools. We're not doing the work, right? We did the work for ourselves. I had to do the work for me. She spent so long trying. <laughs> terrified. Is he going to kill himself? Is he going to yeah. do something stupid? Is he Is he going to leave me? Is he, you know, who knows? This guy's crazy. I want to fix you. And she was driving herself crazy. She could never fix me. She can't do the work. I have to do the work. I have to decide to do it. 
you know, I have to call the person that I need to help me. I have to call them. I can't have her call them for me. I can't have them, you know, Ray, reach out to me and tell me I need help. It, it doesn't work that way. It, I have to want it. And I get called all the time. Can you call so-and-so? He's in a bad place. I go, have him call me. Have him text me, email me, call me, IM me, DM me, whatever you want. But I cannot reach out to you. You have to want it. That's the only thing we ask. You have to ask and you're done. And that's the hardest part. Like that 10,000 pound phone, right? Just, it's so hard to pick up. But the second I, I say hello, I hear people crying. Mm-hmm. The phone goes away and they feel good. They feel they've taken that fucking step of, I don't ever want to tell anybody, blah, 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 whatever it took. And then they finally called me and I answered, hello. And they're just bawling. And I just say, take your time, man. Because it feels good to feel. And it feels good to start something that's been so in the way and they just break down every time. And I love it. And then we get to work. It's over. All you have to do is dial my number, her number. Hardest part. And it's over. Right. You still have to do the work and it's a lot of work, Mm -hmm. but the hardest part's over. And and that goes, you know, that, that goes back to what Roger, you know, Roger said. We, especially in this community, we are so good about taking care of each other. I will give you my last mag of ammo. I will give you my last drop of water. I will give you this. We are the absolute world's worst about taking care of ourselves. And, you know, I can't, I can't take care of anybody else if I don't take care of myself. And that took, that took a couple of decades to, to realize to, you know, for that to sink in. It's like, I can't take care of anybody else if I don't take care of myself first. Um, it's kind of done for you. You're at work. You have to yeah. make, maintain a certain physical standard. You're, you're worried about other people, too, so you want to do good. You have to do well at your job. So you're doing it already, right? And and kind of. You're kind of taking care of yourself. But you're doing what you think is what you got to do, right? But you're right. If the plane goes down, what do they tell you to do with the oxygen mask, right? Who who gets yep. it first? Because you can't help others unless you're, you're, you're able to help them. But guys won't do it. Guys uh, will go around the world. We'll help people in other countries who love you for a second and then hate you a week later because their water's out, you know, yep. and you're still there. You're doing it for them. There's nothing you're getting out of. You get paid the same at home, right? Unless you get in combat pay, but you know, but you're, it's the same for us, only it's more dangerous and we're away from our spouses and we're doing it for others and they hate you for it, but yet you're still there. And then somebody asks you to take care of yourself and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'll help any of my brothers too. I'll help strangers. I'll help my brothers. I'll help anyone else. But I'm fine. I am perfectly fine. Yep. Yeah. And you know what's ex- well, you know what, what's amazing is on top of all of this, you know that you guys are working through and doing. Somehow you found the time to you know to get a, a, a book a piece out. Um, <laughs> And that's, you know, that's definitely amazing. And so, you know, real quick on, you know, so, so Tom has a book out, the title of it is all secure, um, in a quick backstory on really how, you know, how Tom and I kind of, kind of met each other. So I was, you know, I was working at, uh, you know, Tom's, uh, Tom's old organization. And so, you know, Tom wrote his book and he submitted it to make sure that, you know, there wasn't anything in there that we didn't want to put out to the world. And, you know, we took a look at it and, you know, we had a few tweaks. Yes. It was terrifying, by the way. Terrifying, by the way. I'm glad when I walked in. We're playing cool now, but it was like 
I go, I got to go to this fucking hotel and meet this dude. He's going to tell me his shit's all fucked up. I don't, he could be a dick. He could be cool. I have no idea because I've been there and I know what you could bump into. I was like, fuck it. Here I go. <laughs> I was so yeah. geeky, Josh. <laughs> no, you know, it was, I mean, I think it was pretty minor, you know, pretty minor tweaks. Um, you know, but one of the things that really, uh, you know, that really struck me with your book when I was reading through it, the, uh, that initial, that initial look is there's a lot of books out there. There is a lot of books out there from, you know, other operators. There's books out there from SEALs, a lot of SEALs, because SEALs really like to write books and make movies. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You know, but there's all of it was, you know, no shit there was up to my armpits and, you know, spit brass and hand grenade pens. And that was the entire book from start to finish. That was it. That was that was the book. Right. But your book was completely different than any of those that are out there. You know, it was, hey, here's a little, you know, here's my background. You know, here's, and, you know, here's, you know, Mogadishu. Here's, you know, a couple of, you know, a couple of stories to get, you know, you set the hook. You got to set the hook for folks. But really, that was, that was you setting up. That wasn't the story. The story was, you know, the rest of the book that was really that that was really the book and it was just it was night and day from from anything because you walk through the challenges that you had you know throughout your career and then you know post career and that really struck me because again you know a lot of the operators and, and seals and rangers and, and green berets they write their books they don't talk about that and the fact that you were willing to put that out there and and be vulnerable you know it was it was i mean it, it, there, there's not another book i know of out there written by anybody in the special operations community like that and so that's what to me really sets your book apart from all the others um, and it's not about how, you know, it's not, Hey, look how badass I am. It's, Hey, look how, look how I screwed everything up. You yeah, know, um, exactly. certainly did. <laughs> and you know, it, but it, you know, it, when I, you know, when I read it, I was glad, you know, I was, uh, I was absolutely glad that, you know, we got to meet and, uh, and everything and, you know, something, and I kind of jumped to jump to the retreat a little bit, um, you know, talking about reaching out to folks and, and everything, something you said really stuck, you know, it stuck with me is talking about, you know, reach out to the strong ones first or, you know, hit up the, you know, the strong ones first. Those are the people that need it the most. Cause you're right. We will ask everybody else how they're doing. What do you need? Do you need help? And people are like, Hey man, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You know, shit's on fire in the background. The house is burning down. I'm fine. Fine. You know, uh, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, so, and then Jen, you have, you have your book, uh, it's live now on Amazon. Um, so, you know, Tom's book, talk a little about that. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Tom, you can talk about your book if you want to, Jen, talk about your book and, uh, and kind of cover, cover what's in them and kind of what, what made you write the book to, you know, the books to start with. And, uh, are we going to, are we going to see more books in the future? Yes, she did. And one year it took me to get him to write that freaking book because he's like, I'm not a Navy SEAL. I'm not a said. Navy SEAL all the time. <laughs> not a Navy SEAL. I love, and I'm the, like, I love the SEALs. They do I know. Cool and I, no, I, I told him, I'm with like, blah, blah, blah. So that don't, don't come hit me up you, or Seal. Josh and these guys. <laughs> We're gonna don't beat him up. But. <laughs> Um, but, great, like but it's a books. good joke, right? It's a good joke. 
Yes. It, it took me a year, but that was because of what I talked about earlier when I'm on the phone 11 hours a day and literally I'm like, the stories are different, right? Like, um, the combat or the deployed, whatever it was, wherever the trauma seeped from, that story might look different from operator, operator, soldier to sailor. It, that might look different, but at the end of the day, the symptoms were the same. So it was 11 hours a day of the same story, not same story, but the same feelings from that story over and over and over again. And I would tell the guys, I'm like, yeah, Tom went through this, Tom went through that. Tom, and they're like, really? Oh, oh, I didn't. I'm like, if you could just get this book out there, then how many more guys are, and gals are going to feel like, oh, okay, well, I've been through that. It's okay. If he could get help, I can get help. Or for a spouse or a family member to help better understand. And we've heard that a ton of, of wives reading the book saying, I literally had no idea what my husband went through in his 20-year career until I read All Secure. And so I think that for, and I'll let you talk about it more, but he didn't want to write it. He was nervous as hell to go <laughs> meet you. Terrified. Terrified about, about it. But There's this evil person I have to meet at a hotel on the highway. <laughs> tell me yes or no. I don't like him already, but <laughs> I'll see you in an hour. I don't know what's going to happen. But That's the that's norm. Okay. That's the most norm. People, most people don't like me after they meet me, so it's all good. <laughs> see? It's reverse. It was, uh, it was one of those, and Mike was here, right? Was Mike there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey was there. I walked in and saw Mike, and I went, oh. Okay, it's a familiar face. At least I can yell at somebody I know if I get mad. But yeah. I, I didn't – I fully expected to be told no anyway, right? I fully expected a no. I fully expected to have to revamp the entire book. Um, just because I'd never written a book before, just because I just figured you can't write a book because you're from Delta. You, you don't even write a book. and uh, Don't even point at it. Don't even look at it. Don't Think about it. it. Nothing. I it wasn't. I've never been a bragger. I've never been a whatever. Anybody can do anything if they want to, and they work hard at it. Blah blah blah. You know, a monkey can do anything if he hard enough. He'll figure it out and he'll do it. You keep training it. So I'm not real impressed with the shit I did because <laughs> I was trained to do it. I get. I stumbled into a lot of things. I got lucky in a lot of things in my life, and I just ended up there. Great, you know. And everybody went, oh, but you, but you. Look, man, I'm telling you my story. My story is I don't. I don't think it's that great. I. Got lucky to join the military. I just did it. I just joined the military one day. I didn't think about it, but other an hour. After John I Cooper stole, Mellencamp, I stole somebody else's <laughs> idea of being a special <laughs> forces soldier from a, a fake. His father was a was stolen valor, and he never knew it until last year. I stole his dream. His dad's holding him as a baby wearing his Green Beret. My dad was a Green Beret in Vietnam. I went, fuck, that's cool. I want to be in Green Beret. And he went to be a Green Beret and didn't make it. And then I went to be a Green Beret and did. They weren't friends for a while after that. And then he went to the unit and make it. And I went to the unit and made it. And we're real close friends. It was just one of those things. Yeah, that's awesome. Totally different lifestyles and careers. And then find out his father was never a green bird. I'm like, well, shit. My my stolen valor got me somewhere. I just uh, (laughs) just kept going. Just kept going. And every time it was like, hey, here's a selection. I was terrified. I threw up the night before. I got SFAS. Throwing up. And I get there and I'm... I'm in shape. I always overtrained, but I was always terrified I would fail. And so that just dro- that drove me, but it, it it destroyed me too, man, right? And so I totally forgot what I was talking book. about. We were talking about time. your book. So the book <laughs> is just, the TBI part of the yeah, segment. <laughs> when you forget what the hell you're doing and what day it is. And, uh, 
and I just go with it now. Anyway, fuck it, I forgot what I was talking about. But I wasn't going to write a book. I uh, and I wasn't going to brag, right? I mean, there's some cool stuff to me. Those stories are like eh, it happened so long ago, and it was just you know the shit played out, and I'm I'm lucky to be alive. But to others, okay. it's really cool. And and when she finally broke it down to me, that all these people have the same shit, the same shit, the same shit. And I, and I was on the phone just like her. And I'm like, yeah, they all have the same shit. The stories are a little different, way different, but they all come back to the same feelings. And she said, this could save a lot of time if you just put a book out. It's like a house <laughs> manual yeah. of what the fuck. And people will see that, oh, if you went through it, it's okay because we heard that so much. And I'm not the guy that's like, oh, you're in Delta and you're an operator. And, oh, you're the end all be all. And if you did it, then, oh, it's fucking must be okay for everybody. Never thought that, but if that gets a lot of people in, like, oh, if you can say it, I'll follow you and listen to you, and it's a good thing, then, hey, fuck it, right? Yeah. That's being a leader. Get out there on the dance floor first. Do the shit that nobody wants to do, even though it's embarrassing. Our dirty laundry's out there, man. Wait till you read Jen's book. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> piece of shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> My book's okay. <laughs> Her book's like, yeah, Tom's a real piece of shit, and here's what he did. <laughs> so Everyone, many, so many people learn from it. I mean, you you get an idea if you read my book, um, but when you read hers, it's like here's more details, here's more, um, like here's what we went through, and we're still together. And some people be like, "You're fucking still together," <laughs> you know? Yeah, we are because uh, because it takes work to be together, man. You know, you can be dead in a relationship and go about your day. You know, wife takes the kids, you do your thing, you get back together and every now and then you have sex maybe and you eat dinner. And that's not like a fun life, man. I mean, God, we... Well, it wasn't for us. We, I mean, we have like a porn star relationship every night and we take the kids out. Sorry, dad's watching. You could have a churched up, church up life, a, a spiffed up existence. And, and you, you know, you can have it all kind of if you work hard at it all. And it's just kind of what sure. you choose that you want. I want a great relationship with my wife. I finally have meant that, right? I love my wife. I'm deployed, you know, nine months a year. And I'm training the other two. And then I got Christmas, you know, and a couple of birthdays. But, you know, you guys know the deal. You're not home. And so the choices that I've made in my life are, it wasn't family along the way, right? It wasn't family. It was my career. And, and when you get into those careers at those levels, right, when you get up into those levels and you're good at your job and people need you, I don't care if you're a CEO, I don't care what you do, you're professional sports, this yeah. over here suffers. And if writing a book could get people to understand that, hey, all the shit you do, somebody's paying for. It's probably your family. If you want to keep them, you better keep that in mind, right? And hopefully that'll help other people to <laughs> think about keeping their family in mind. And so Jen's like, let's, let's tell this side of the story, you know, for her book. Yeah. And, and so mine, mine isn't really memoir. It's more self-helpy, like my Barnes and Noble section of my it's an FM. house. It's a field <laughs> manual, man. It's, it's uh, laid it out. But, Military people need it like laid out, laid out, yeah. laid out. What do I do? You know, and spouses, even we all, the spouses become like us, man, you know, Hey, and we talk the same way. We know how to communicate over years so it's like lay it out lay it out tell me what to do okay here's the story of how screwed up it was here's what we did here's what you should do you know and it's boom and it's on to the next on to the next so that's the self-helpy part but it's the self-helpy part that's easy to understand and not boring i hope not it's not i read it like five or six times already every time i cried every time i'm like shit i'm an asshole and then but why wow, i learned from it again right yeah. how to not do those things again 
I'd probably read it a couple more times just to keep going for me. And I'm not trying to sell her book. I'm like, I need to read it because, you know, I'm not healed. I'm all better now. You know, I'm going to screw up. I screwed up yesterday. I'll screw up tomorrow probably, if not tonight. It's it's early. Early That's in the not evening. tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right, tonight we'll you still have to complete cooking that Indian food. That could be a problem. <laughs> Yes, yeah, could. <laughs> <laughs> so which one, which book, so I, I've got both of them still in the mail. Mail takes forever to get here. Actually, the pre, the, the Arsenal of Hope uh, subtitled Tom is an Asshole yep. is pre-ordered. <laughs> so, but, so let's say it, if you're going to, um, if I was going to pick one of them to read first, you know, like it, would it, it be, read his first and then read the self-help? These are almost, it. it's, it's almost like these are like <laughs> volume one, volume two, because uh, honestly, okay. yeah, this is pre her a lot. Yeah. Pre her. Yep. Stories linking up with her. Honestly, this most book, fucked up part of it. And then where we went from there. And this is the continuance of it probably of uh, the, the link, the mesh, and then the continuance of what we did and, and the behind the scenes of how. There's my a, book says, I got a lot better. I'm doing TMS now, and I'm all good. And, that's and where her book's like, is. here's all the bullshit we did for him to say we're all good. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that eight year overnight success story. His one chapter became this, because we really did feel mm-hmm. like after people started reading his book, they were like, oh, my God, this helped me so much. Or, I mean, honestly, the it did what we wanted it to do, which was to help people understand that they're not alone in it. There is an other side to trauma. You can get better from it. You can heal. He was rock bottom. And then, like he said, gets out the jackhammer, goes further. I'll decide where the bottom is. So honestly, (laughs) this this book will tell you, like, here's below rock bottom. Here's how I got below rock bottom. And then a little bit of how I got out of rock bottom because... The publisher cut out 40,000 words of his book because it was too long. Wow. So um, we were like, it, it didn't do all we wanted it to do, which is, okay, let's explain PTS. Let's explain yeah. secondary PTS that wives and kids get. Let's explain um, the impact of being deployed in, in the biology of it and all of those things. So I and, think. And go here, 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 right? Yeah, absolutely, because it's one thing to have knowledge. Um, It's another thing, I think, with his book was, okay, now I have the knowledge, or now I have understanding or awareness. Great. That's that's 80% of it. Then people were like, but what do I do now? Or where do I go now? Or how do I get help now? And I wanted this to do what his book did. Pick up Arsenal of Hope. I mean, we have bought boxes and boxes and boxes of All Secure and have just sent them. We've sent them to Africa. We've sent them over to... Afghanistan. Or they, they don't eat I don't them know. there. They're hungry in Africa, so we send them the books to feed them. Well, it's actually for the people there. Deployed guys. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, all around, well, these books have gone around the world, and, and messages back from, well, around the world is are amazing. You know, small numbers. Hey, you're in Ireland. You're in Australia. You're in New Zealand. I'm like, and we do the same thing. I'm like, it's a human issue. Yeah. It's, a, it's, not, it's not an American issue. It's a mm-hmm. humanity issue. For everyone. Yeah. And just talking to a guy kinda, in Italy today, he said the same thing. He said, in Italy, we don't have like PTS. We don't talk about that with our military at all, like none. And so he's like, I follow American military because you guys do a much better job of like talking about it. And so I'm sending him a bunch of stuff over for him and his guys. And we're in Russia. 
We're in Russia. We're colluding with them now. <laughs> it's a global initiative. <laughs> you know, that's Cut. one of the things Cut. that. Uh, Four seconds. <laughs> oh, that's staying in. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're, I have several emails and 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 you know from Russia. Can you ship to Russia? I, I saw part of your book. That's I read. A I want to sign. Issue. I want a signed book. I'm like, yeah. You just want my address, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on you. They're, they're around, I mean, it's it's a humanity issue. Yeah. It's, it, it's not yeah. just for us and our soldiers. It's for everybody that, I mean, you know, we're all, we all do what we're taught, right? The zealots, the crazies. Yeah. They were born. They're taught to kill Americans. That's what they, it's their fun thing to do. And we're raised to watch out for those fuckers. So, you know, we all go through the same shit along the way, though. No matter who yeah. our bad guy is. Um, well, and that's one thing that's that's interesting to uh, to me in particular, and the three of us have talked about it a lot. Is my, I'm of the belief that fundamentally people don't change. I, I think that fundamentally we're the same as people were two thousand years ago. Our brains really haven't evolved that much. We right. may be more aware. There may be new information, but you know, I'd go back as recent as World War II. When those vets came back, there a lot of them were fucked up. You know, and so we, it's it's an issue, you know, and now we're more aware of it. And I think it, it's always a good thing because it, it not only does it benefit, you know, people's own well-being, but my philosophy, you know, lifelong soldier is it improves your fighting force. And in the end, it's going to save money, yes. you know, and, and it, it makes a better war fighter overall. And, well, you know, we could go off on that tangent, but what I'm supposed to talk about, according to Josh, is uh, <laughs> uh, we... we <laughs> I know who's running this show. That, that, uh, <laughs> that, that thought that, you know, things don't change uh, over the years and, you know, you know Roman centurions and, uh, you know, the, the, the golden horde and all that, you know, there were soldiers throughout, throughout the years. And a lot of those stories are lost along the way. And, you know, you always ask your granddad, if your granddad was in World War II, you know, hey, tell me about World War II. And, you know, they don't want to talk about it. Or they did. My granddad did like to talk about it. I loved hearing the stories. He was just an anti-aircraft guy, you know. And what I saw was a pattern of this longest conflict that we've been in in our nation's history. You know, millions, literally millions of soldiers have gone over there and come back. But all we're seeing in popular culture is American sniper, lone survivor, you know, tip of the spear. And that's great, man. And those guys, you know, you guys did did great work. But there's also, you know, an admin clerk out there who deployed to Afghanistan twice, Iraq twice, and maybe the Horn of Africa, who might have seen some really interesting stuff. And I think it's our responsibility to, to pass that on to the to future generation in hopes that maybe, and not, not just the future generations, but the current you know, uh, culture, our current society, uh, that, Hey, there's a lot of soldiers out there that, that did a lot of stuff and have a lot of stories and maybe they can, people can identify, you know, I won't say problems, but some of the issues that a lot of, you know, a lot of people do have. So, so Josh and I, uh, Roger politely, uh, backed out, but, uh, we're not going to let him do it on the next one, but we put together a book of, of short stories and we kind of dedicated to a friend of ours who, succumbed to a lot of the demons uh, that he had and we wish we would have known then we wish all you know the all secure what you guys put together we wish we would have known that back then and recognized it back then like we do now it's like well what can we do what can we do to honor his memory so we put that together and we were like well we got to give this money to you know uh, a non-profit and I asked Josh you know which one should we should we choose and 
this is the one. And I'll tell you, man, no, I don't have a single regret. I was like, I don't, I don't know them, but if Josh says it's good, it's good. And the more I looked <laughs> into it, I was like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is right on, on spot. And we're, we're, uh, this is going to be an ongoing project. And someday, uh, since, since you are now, a internationally renowned uh, author someday <laughs> down the road, volume four or five, we might get you up to <laughs> contribute good. a couple stories. But the goal is to, to just, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, start in our circle and work our way out. Anybody who wants to, you know, contribute something that happened to them, happy, sad, weird, funny, you know, touched your heart, whatever. We want to get those stories out there to the public and continue feeding uh, organizations like yours in our in our buddy Jerry Cole's memory. So volume two, we're hoping to put out on July 4th. We p- really appreciate you guys plugging that. We got a lot of sales out of that. And uh, I'm really glad that we could fund y'all's operating budget for a whole 15 minutes. <laughs> so next time, next time we'll search. For, we'll, 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 we'll shoot for 30 minutes. We'll search for 30 minutes of funding all secure next time. But yeah, we yeah. want to give you guys a shout out and really thank you face to face. We we talked to our audience about this, and I know uh, I've had a few people hit me up saying, "When are they coming on? When are they coming on? We want to hear more about this." So we really appreciate. It. I, so Josh, I checked that box. So now it's Roger's turn. But again, once again, guys, really thanks for that. Oh, it's a great was, book. I mean, my dad liked your book better than his. Man, he's seriously, <laughs> what you need to be doing, Tom. People want to yes, hear your I'm stories. I'm kidding. like, God damn it, you guys. But um, <laughs> it was, this book's really good. Nobody wants to hear about that bullshit PTSD shit. I, you know, he's a old Air Force cat. But yeah, he is. The book was a fucking. I mean, that's the kind of book it's I want to do. Um, but I have a bad memory, so I can't do that book. Um, I learned more, but I remembered more writing my book from people when my co-author went and asked other people's stories, interviewed people like. Well, that's a completely different story. And asked my sister things about growing up that I, that I had a story my whole life that happened. My sister's version is way off. I'm like, well, way off, probably <laughs> way off. I, I assume it's me. I'm like, damn, I always thought that this or that. And so your stories are more important than people consider because going to combat, one combat operation takes six, six soldiers, whatever, guns blazing. They could be five feet apart. You're going to get six completely different stories. Six completely different stories. And that is so important to hear every story, to understand fully what went on and and realize everybody had a part of it. Other than the hero over here that shot somebody that nobody gives a shit about and it doesn't really matter. You know, it's that complete story matters and everybody has a part in it. And that's what's so important about that book. And, and, yeah, it's a great book. And it was hilarious. And I, it I, was. I wish I had a memory and could remember half the shit I did. <laughs> That'd be a funny, great thing. But, man, I tell you what, that's uh, Now, that our next book is our survival guide. That's how people that's <laughs> Continuation. How people yeah. We're, and, and to your other question, yes, we are going to write a book together. Um, And whatever she says to do, I'll do that. That's, that's awesome. I'll write those words. <laughs> that's awesome. Tom, you'll be yeah, responsible yeah. for drawing the uh, the drawing the pictures, and she can just put the uh, the words no. on the page there. So. <laughs> yeah. like, no. Like, here's uh, some crayons. Color some pictures, and uh, we'll write around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in before uh, before Roger uh, takes off. It, so on that book, you know, g- going back to uh, you know, I think it was uh, I think it was Luke said it earlier. You know, we wanted to make it 
lighthearted. We wanted to make it a book that somebody could pick up for 15 minutes, read a story and put it down. You know, not so, you know, something somebody to sit down. Okay. I got to dedicate hours to this because we're just not that interesting and people just aren't going to dedicate hours to us. Um, and so, but one thing I found like the podcast, you know, just sitting down, just talking was writing some of those stories, you know, the not so, you know, the not so funny ones was, it, it was therapeutic. It really, really was. And there was some, you know, one, one of the great things, you know, I'll make it about me for, for, for about 60 seconds. You know, one of the great things that I found about retirement, especially on the terminal leave portion and kind of, you know, when, when, you know, we came to the retreat was I had a lot of time on my hands, right? I had a lot of time to sit and think and do nothing. And the worst thing about that time was that I had a lot of time on my hands to sit and think and do nothing. And so, you know, a lot of those memories that it just kind of compartmentalized and pushed to the side. It's like, I don't have to deal with this right now because I'm on to my next, you know, I'm on, I'm on to my next, I don't, I don't have time to, you know, really digest this. And, you know, how do I feel about this? I don't know how I feel. I don't have to worry about that because I've got something else to do. And then, you know, as I was on terminal leave, it's like, I don't have anything to do. So all that stuff came bubbling up to the surface and that shit was not easy. The army prepares you for transition. It'll teach you how, I mean, you, they even have a class on how to wear a suit. Like that's how ridiculous it is, but there is no class on the mental part of transition. There is no, there is nothing there to say, Hey, this is what you're going to experience. And this is how you, you know, you're going to deal with this. And I'll, you know, I'll say from the retreat, one of the special things that you guys were able to do in a matter of hours after getting there was taking a group of people who didn't know each other. You know, some folks knew each other and some folks didn't, but making everybody comfortable to be able to open up and, share their stories, you know, that they normally like, I just met somebody 30 minutes on the street. I'm not telling them shit about me, Um, (laughs) you know, you know, and then 30, you know, 30, 45 minutes after hour of being there, it's like, yeah, here's where I'm dumb and here's where I'm really struggling and I don't know what to do. And that's not easy for a lot of folks to do that. And you guys created an environment on, you know, on that retreat that was, it it, was, that we, people were able to do that. Strangers were able to do that. And that's not something that you can replicate by taking people out to Texas and shooting hogs. You just say like, it's just, it's not something you can do. You guys did that along with, you know, Stacy and everybody else. And that, it was, that was truly amazing. Um, and so that was very, yeah, it was very special, but yeah, you, the book again, it was, it was therapeutic. And so anybody out there listening, even if you don't write a book, even if you don't, they don't go anywhere besides your computer or, you know, your desk or your, wherever, sit down and write, type it out, write it out. It's just it, that the act alone in itself was therapeutic for, uh, for me, for, for sure. So I'll shut up Rogers. He's given me the Roger, the, the disappointed dad look like you've, you no, cut me it's off, all good. So I, I was just thinking my contribution to, to your next book, I'll just do transcripts of our episodes and we'll just paste that <laughs> stuff right in there. So we'll be able to pick and choose. Yeah. So throughout the episode, we talked a lot, uh, or I guess we touched a little bit on, uh, PTS and, and a little bit on TBI. And, you know, we've had this discussion in the past where, I think we've come a long way and we're going to go a lot farther because generally speaking, when you look at the history of, of our country and conflict, it just hasn't been that long. 
Uh, you've had several years here and there. Folks did a rotation. Uh, Vietnam, you saw folks that you know might do a third rotation, this and that, and and so we, you know, as every conflict that we went through, no matter how long or how short it was, we just changed the terms. You know, and Nam um, used the the thousand yard stare, and I think our generation it was battle fatigue, right? Oh, you just need to take a knee and drink water for thirty minutes, and then you're all good and rocking and rolling. And so then we come into this two decade conflict. And so now you're starting to see, like you're talking about, you know, you've got six different people in a firefight, six different perspectives. Well, now you're starting to see the holistic view of, hey, this is what happens to you. This is the impact. So I think we're going to go, you know, even farther with this. But uh, can both of you just talk briefly about, you know, some of the signs and symptoms of PTS, uh, if you are able to identify it, some of the tools out there? Because I think one of you mentioned earlier, it's, it's a lot like, hey, okay, now you find something, you see something. Um, now what? And, you know, you can get on Gurgle and you can Gurgle a million different things. And I tell you, a lot of the information is kind of shitty. I mean, they don't yeah. really tell you. It's like, hey, yeah, you should call the VA 1-800-CRISIS hotline. So I live in Phoenix and we're the ones that people are dying in the parking lots waiting to get in. Yeah. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about signs, symptoms, and then, you know, some of the tools that, that, are, that are available for you? Yeah, I, I know Jenna run them down, but I want to bring up the fact that Everything she runs down, the signs and the symptoms that she runs down are so universal, right? They're so equal between people, right? They're so similar. The fact that we talk about, I had people, hey, how come we have problems now? The greatest generation didn't have problems. They came back and sucked it up. And I'm like, no, they didn't. They came back and they didn't say shit. They didn't have anything to fix it. They didn't know what it was. So they didn't say shit. They felt weak. Vietnam, the same thing. They came back. You know, and I, I public dis- yeah, public, you know, they were put down and, and, and spit on blah, blah, blah. You always hear the worst of every story. So, you know, I get it. The feeling is there. And I've met I've met everyone in between from mm-hmm. people who just got out, people who are just going into the military to spoke to a gentleman that fought in the Battle of the Bulge. A speaking engagement. And he was 90 something. I'm pretty 98, 98. When I, got in, when I got birthday. in speaking, he was at a big table at this racket club with his, you know, his family, their family, their great grandkids. They were all there. And we started crying at the table. He started bawling. I was crying with him. His kids like, why didn't you ever say anything? He's like, I'm going tomorrow to get some help. I've been hiding this all along. And then another guy from Vietnam pulled me to his table with his family. The same story. So I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you wait. The day you choose to get help for yourself, that's how long you'll have waited and suffered, and then it'll start getting better. If you have an issue, right? You, these guys are hiding it. It's not that this just started. It's been no. around since Spartans. Cain killed Abel. Yeah. Probably fucked with Cain, right? Now he's all fucked up for a while. You know, you can't do it. It's not natural. You have the moral injury that creeps up on you after being taught. I would enter rooms. I would look at hands. There was something in that hand. I killed that body. I don't know if you're 14, 13, a girl, an old woman. I didn't care what color you were. There's something in your hand that could harm anybody. I killed you. And then I looked at your face and dealt with it. So we removed thought. We removed emotion. And we replaced it with muscle memory. And then you have to deal with that. That picture's in your head. And that's going to come back to you down the road. I don't care who you are. I don't care. Don't lie to me. All right? I, I know. You'll have to deal with it because it's not normal. It's not normal. And it wasn't the greatest generation was better than us. They didn't talk about it. Those guys died. They, they gave it a heart attack, alcohol, whatever. They named it something else. They didn't say PTSD. You know, like you said, shell shock and, and 
whatever battle fatigue, battle fatigue and, right. blah blah it's all the same it fucks you up taking a life and it doesn't have to take years and years and years right it could be one event complex or many but these symptoms have been going on for years and years and years yeah and i i think colonel ferris we just when we spoke um our last time at fort bragg he brought up a really great point too we were talking about the different generations of war fighters and he said well, also think about it. He said, we're career war fighters. Like we are career soldiers. You know, we have been in for 20, 25 years where, and he said, I'm not taking anything away from this, the greatest generation, you know, but a lot of those men would go over and fight for, you know, 18 months. They come home, they're done. They're done. That's it. They had an 18 month commitment. They saw really bad things, you know, and of course, had trauma from it, but it was a really bad 18 months. Tom's career of 25 years is is going to look different than an experience, than, than that kind of muscle memory. We always talk about it takes 10,000 repetitions to make you. Well, it takes that kind of repetition to build muscle memory too. So I would say looking for the signs and symptoms and some things that um, – Tom talks about you have to get to know the person. I, and I think there's a truth to that to some degree because you have to notice a shift or a change in the person. It, you'll notice a behavioral change or, or certain things that start to shift. And, and sometimes, like with Tom, um, the day that he nearly committed suicide, he was with his SF brothers. I mean, he was with people he served with, people he loved, friends. And, you know, here I only knew him two months at the time. But... I wasn't in the same soup he was in. I, you know, all those guys, they were in the same space. They couldn't really see. But for me, being a total outsider, which is why we always advocate for spouses, like you're going to notice something. Um, you're going to notice the nuances. You're going to notice the behavior shifts that they're hiding from their brothers or sisters. They're, you're going to notice those things. And for him, even in that short time, he was like, I'm going to stay in the car and make a phone call. Everybody else was going into the bar in the hotel. And I'm like, why? He's got his own hotel room. He's got privacy. Why is he making a phone call? That like doesn't make sense to me. And he always walks us in and he always helps me with my camera gear. So what, you know, Teddy's helping me now instead of Tom, like this behavior's different. This, there's a shift, you know, something's not the same about him. Um, And I didn't think like, oh, he's going to kill himself in the car. I never would have left the car, obviously, but um, I noticed something was different. I noticed Tom was different that day um, and that his behavior had shifted. So for so many people, it's the nuances build. So what I hear from a lot of spouses is he doesn't come out of his room anymore, right? Like I, he isolates constantly. So um, I don't know what's happening. He got back from a deployment. Usually it takes, you know, a couple weeks before he settles back in, but now he's not settling back in. And so now I don't know, or now he's avoiding the kids. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to go on date night anymore. So really that behavior of withdrawing and getting really um, removing yourself from other people, which then gets replaced with substance abuse a lot of the time. And so, what I'm experiencing while doing this is nobody wants me around. Shameful. I'll just fuck it up. I'm, a, I'm an angry person, so it's best just to remain in the shadows and drink by myself, you know? Be funny when I can, but typically I fuck it up, so don't do it, you know? Just people don't want to hear from me. And so I'm telling myself this story. She's seeing the outside of what story I'm telling myself. I don't need to be here. Nobody wants me here. I'm in the way. I'm talking myself into I'm a burden. 
man, what do warriors do, right? They either remove or fix problems. And if I couldn't fix myself, I was going to remove it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's kind of the, the thing I wish about PTS that it just was like, uh, here's your checklist and this is exactly how you can identify when somebody's truly in crisis or they kind of need help or they're okay because um, it's not like cancer. I mean, you get cancer, okay, here's the path to treatment. This is where it is. This is how we're going to fix it. This is how we're going to attack it. With Tom, um, you know, it was people are like, oh, gosh, he, he started treatment. He got better. He started treatment in five years. He got better. Uh, so five we're on year eight. Success. You know, and people don't think of it as the long game and it is the long game it is trying a lot of different things it's failing it's getting back up and trying something else it's having good days good months bad months bad weeks good weeks and understanding it's the ebb and flow of life for one I mean I, I try to tell guys too I'm like I work with accountants and CEOs that you know are salespeople that were gone nine months a year and yeah. when they come back and they you know they've had reckless behavior too they're drinking affairs things like that destructed a family high stress environments high profile environments and they're like my life's totally screwed up right and, and how do you work your way back from that and so um pts is the same thing like where do you start i can't tell where anybody should start in that process of healing only here's a whole bunch of ways to heal um, find the one that might look most interesting or feel like a good fit for you. I started him on transcendental meditation. I'm like, okay, we're doing TM. I actually learned about it from, um, a woman that worked with the police force. She said the Academy's paying for it. It's working really well with our officers. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to fix Tom. And we didn't. He's like, this is stupid. You know, like this isn't working for me. And I wasn't, that was the first thing I the tried. First thing. I wasn't. You don't jump. You don't. You don't jump out of an airplane without a parachute. Right? So that was the first thing that I tried, and it was way too foo fooey for me at the time. Right? Mm -hmm. Doing it now, if I did it now, it would have taken better. Right? Yeah. And then, then I'm never fucking getting help to <laughs> meditate. Yeah. Right? That, that was a big jump. <laughs> it was a big jump. You know? How about I'm never getting fucking help to. You know, I'll talk to somebody for a minute, you know, versus some guy going, okay, close your eyes, here's your secret word. <laughs> you know, it worked, but, but, I, you didn't I, give but up. I didn't, I didn't give up. I wanted it to work. So I kept trying, but normally, you know, in this job, you need to grab people right away. It's a sales job. I need to get you right now and make you feel better or you're going to go away yeah. from me and I can't get a hold of you the anymore. I don't fix. know what you'll do, man. <laughs> so I need to get you in right now and make you feel a little better. So you'll keep at it versus it didn't work. Fuck it. I'm going to go kill myself. So, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just, it's a process. And honestly, you're looking for the same risky yep. behavior. I mean, guys are cheating on their spouses and you're watching them. I mean, it's probably a good idea to, Hey man, you're going to fuck up your life. You're going to get caught. We always do. You're going to be financially just ruined your family, your kids. So making better decisions. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, I'd pull you out of the street and save your life, but I'm watching you drink yourself to death at a bar and get in your car and drive. So I'm not saving you now. Why would I save you then on the battlefield? So let's do it in both places. You know, Hey, don't drink. It's being mature and responsible to your buddies, even though they might not like to hear it, but that's being a leader is setting the right example and making others follow the right example, even though all of them are doing the wrong thing, you know? Back in the day, I just followed the wrong example because that's what we did. We partied. We had a good time. 
you know, and then finally one day I figured it out. Oh, I'm the leader. If I party, they'll party 10 times as fucking hard. So I can't be seen <laughs> partying. That was my fix. I can't be seen doing this, right? Not don't do this. That's another step of maturity is don't actually do it. Then I'm helping myself and my men versus hiding from my men and not helping me. I'm helping only them. But, you know, the drinking, the womanizing, the, the stuff that we think is part of the culture, the screaming at the kids for the dirty dishes, the, the freaking out when it really doesn't warrant freaking out. It's called perfection-driven perfection aggression. Perfection-driven aggression. Gross, Winnie, the, Winnie the Poop. All there. those were written about, you know, PTSD. That's how he ex- explained PTSD to his son, you know, from which war? Freaking World uh, War II. World well, he served in one and two. Um, so they wrote, he wrote Winnie the Pooh, and all those characters are PTSD symptoms. Like you got, you got Tigger, depression. who's fucking, bring, bring, he's all over the place, right? You got Eeyore, <laughs> depression. depression. So all the symptoms and signs of PTSD are written in those characters to describe it to his child about it. Um, Christopher Robin. Yeah. So it's all there of, of just that behavior that's out of the norm. I mean, our spouse. And it's know, biological. Our friends know. Some of our friends don't want to tell us because we're their drinking buddies. We've heard that. Yeah. Now that drinking buddies are dead, right? Um, so and it's not, I, I want to make a statement there too about alcohol because then people think like we're like these people that never do anything and we sit. And don't we, drink and don't do drugs. And don't do anything. But we, um, you know, we drink responsibly. We do things responsibly. We didn't before. We were like, two trains going a million miles an hour. And when we met, we just crashed and loved it. My PTS and his PTS hit it off. Awesome. But it just wasn't good for the whole rest of, of, of our life and and what we were doing with our lives. And we'll say, like we say with everything, have a plan. Yeah. Have any of you planned? I mean, Josh, you, you've got a leg up on this. Do you have a plan? Do, do Do you sit down with your spouse and say, when we fight, here's how we'll fight. Here's what we won't fucking ever do. You won't ever call me my mother. You won't ever say I look like my brother. You won't ever do those things that you know will inflame me, that nuclear option that we all have on each other that we know that we <laughs> use on our spouses. And I probably used it last night. Oh, yeah? Well, you suck at running the foundation or something. She'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what sets them off. So we make rules before we fight when we're in a cool space. Let's not do that. Let's not say this. Let's not say we're going to kill ourselves. Let's not say let's get a divorce. Let's not throw those things that that I as a guy would throw out because I didn't feel good enough. Oh, yeah? Well, just you don't want to be with me anyway. Let's just divorce, right? Because I feel shamed, so I want to get away from this and make it better. And my idea of making it better is either suicide or divorce or me leaving because I'm a fuck up. So I'm going to remove myself from this or blaming her for everything. So we make rules on how to fight, make rules on how much to drink before we drink. We hold each other accountable. You know, making rules and pl- plan. How about plans? Plan Instead for of, life. Rules sound so constrictive. Let's make plans. <laughs> Try to execute those plans. And you'll fuck it up for a while. And it's just, sooner or later, you'll get it better and you'll get right and you'll start doing well. And the muscle memory will be from partying and making bad decisions to having a good time and still living your life and making good decisions, you know, and you're still having just as much fun. Yeah. So it's all about awareness and planning for everything. And understanding it's biological. And there's many books. We have them on our website for references. And I would say arming yourself with knowledge is so powerful in this world of PTS because my lack of understanding created more problems. As soon as mm-hmm. I started understanding the biology, I started understanding his triggers, his responses. 
I had complex PTS and it was untreated from childhood. So I was bringing my stuff into the relationship. I didn't even know I was doing so. Um, yeah, it takes time to tackle it, but we're both to the other side of it. We both can say and put we in, literally feel the other side of it. So put in the effort. Um, we were speaking at Fort Bragg, what, last week, two weeks, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. 600 guys in the room maybe, I don't know, students, cadre, SF students, full. I mean, we spoke for three days to to all the leadership, blah, 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 blah. I got down, and I was standing on the stage, and I noticed a bunch of Army documents about PTS and helping your buddy out at a bar, and if he's having struggles— Here's a two-page flyer on both sides. Here's a fold-out pamphlet with four pages. And here's a like a, a, a baseball like a card, card or, 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 yeah. or a yeah. playing card with, if your buddy's drunk, or, what do you, turn him into his office. Do this, do that, do that. Welcome to command. And I'm holding up. I go, has anybody seen these forms? The Army's, you know, 600 dudes in a room. I go, look at this. I can barely read one. I'm kind of making fun of it to see if I can lead them down a path. Look at this pamphlet. Anybody seen this? They're like, no. And I'm like, look at this. Who's going to carry this with you in a bar? Oh, take your buddy. Don't let him drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look at this thing. You can't even read it. Anybody read these? Like, no, no, no. And I go, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? So the numbers that we throw out, help me with these. These are general numbers because she's freaked out Uh, about being perfect on numbers. Someone's (laughs) going to call us out. I'm a researcher, (laughs) so I'm like. Since since 9-11 to 2017 or 19, we're talking 65,000 and 5,000. Two different numbers. What are those numbers? Uh, Combat deaths? Yes, combat deaths and suicides. Oh, 5,000 suicides? You fucking wish. 65,000 suicides in the same amount of time, 5,000 combat deaths. Who's winning? Who's the greatest threat to the U.S. service member? It's us and our inability to deal with our emotions. Yet the information's out here, you fuckers. It's all written down, but it's, you're too cool to read it. The military pays for it, pumps it out, pays doctors to print it out. And they're trying, and though it's not in the proper form to get you to do it. And I get yeah. they're trying, but you have to try to. You have to pick it up and read it. They're all like laughing. No, that's bullshit. Yeah. Why? Because it's all fucking the same shit I'm saying is written down here. Mm-hmm. I'm just not delivering it to you in the easiest manner It's like possible. knowing your enemy. Like if you guys go overseas and it's like you're preparing and you study everything and you study the language, the culture and, and everything so that you have a better understanding. If you know that suicide is going to be your greatest enemy and the greatest killer of American soldiers, why wouldn't you study that enemy? It's kind of the same mindset. It's different because it's never been seen that way. But So I make w- it your job. Make it your job. Then if that's what it takes you to do to get you to read the information, oh, I'm or just doing my job, man. Whatever it is that gets you to do what you need to do to, to make the right decision and help somebody or do the right thing, do that. It's always there. You can't be handed everything, right? We're hoping that we go around and talk, talk, talk enough. It makes it easy enough that people hear it enough and they'll at least do it a little bit. But when I saw those pamphlets, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It's all here. It's not delivered to you in an exciting manner, so you choose not to look at it. But your buddies are dying at 28 a day right now. Every Yeah, mm-hmm. almost every hand went up in the room. For somebody, we asked the class, um, so we were E9s and above one day, and then cadre the next day, and then students the third day. And E9s and above, do you know anyone personally closely related to you that's committed suicide? Every single hand went up in the room. Cadre, every single hand went up in the room. Students, probably 80%. And I told Tom, I said, can you imagine going to any civilian job? And seeing leadership with every single person raising their hand and then all the instructors and then all the, you know, the new recruits coming in that 80 to 100 percent are raising their hands that someone close to them 
close to them has committed suicide. There's a big problem here. Like this isn't happening elsewhere. It's at least double than in any other population in the United States, suicide. So it's not fun or sexy to talk about, you know, like we joke about like, how do we make this content? I know, right? <laughs> Where somebody How do we get wants people to, to hear like, it? How do we make it funny yay, like Matt Bass with Black Rifle? Let's be funny. <laughs> hey, don't shoot yourself, guys. You know, it's, it's it's not a joke, so it's hard to get the interest to hear what you need to hear, you know? It's not cool guy stuff, but yeah. it's the life-saving yeah. stuff. And you got, you know, you, you look at a lot, and again, you come back to, especially, you know, the the soft community and it's not one of those things that people want to talk about. People don't, you know, they're not taught to be vulnerable. You know, like Roger said, you know, Oh, you're feeling, you know, you're feeling sorry for yourself, rub some dirt on it, uh, take a knee, drink water and face out and, you know, deal with it. And, and so we, we definitely have to work on, on changing, changing the culture of that, uh, you know, for, for sure. Uh, you know, we, uh, we, know, it's going to hit you up and ask you kind of, you know, what you got for 2021, you know, plans for, for all secure Virago. I know last year, I know you guys get, you know, obviously everybody got hit hard by COVID. A lot of things got canceled. You guys had to do a lot of things virtually. Um, and, uh, I know that was, uh, that was tough. And, you know, did you guys see an increase in folks reaching out, you know, while they were isolated with quarantine or, or anything? Did you see kind of like a, you know, a, a, a spike in that or, or how did, how did that go for y'all? We've it's a helped. strange year. On paper, we look like we're doing a lot more this year. We, we doubled down. I mean, we tripled down. Yeah. We've, we've helped more year. people this year for less money um, over and over and over and over and over via you know, phone calls and Zooms and whatnot, um, doing large Zooms and doing active duty military units. So you get yeah. 600 at a time instead of, you know, 10 couples. So, and it, and it costs less. So mm-hmm. on paper, it looks like, wow, Secure's kicking ass, man. And you guys grew this year and we did, but it's not what we want to do. We want that up close couples personal, work, the yeah. personal work, the eye to eye stuff. And and 2021, we're going back to that so far. I mean, we, we canceled eight last year. So far, we've we, we've got four of those rescheduled right now, plus a lot of extras that we didn't plan on that, that have uh, been inserted for 2021. Yeah, the you know, we had a weird year because summer was really quiet. And I'm like, wait, COVID's happening. Like when March happened, it was like everybody was watching the news and, oh, my God, we're all going to die. And so there was a spike, obviously, you know, anytime you're going to add chaos to any situation, PTS is like, "Mm, nope, I don't want to play with this. So, yeah, we were getting a lot more. And then spouses were having increased anxiety. So like both couples are freaking out. And so we had like March, April, May, super busy. And then June hit and we're like, what's happening? Where is everybody? Like June, July, it was quiet. Like, we're calling people, like, do you need help? It's a great transition. <laughs> what the heck is going on? And so, yeah, the reset. There was a great reset in Like, I don't know what happened, <laughs> but quiet. And then, really, holidays are always a busy time. It's just spiky anyways. Yeah. But yeah. it was starting back in September. We've been nonstop since. Yeah. So, I people, it, it's... It's a lot, right? And it's a lot of misinformation. So I think 
and, and too much of this and that. So the uncertainty of it yeah. is like the recipe for disaster with, with PTS. So I would say, um, yes, absolutely. We know that the suicide rate, um, the number I was heard is at 28 a day now for veteran and active duty versus 22. Tom and I personally have, uh, we've caught wind of, you know, five or six um, guys and gals in the last few months that have committed suicide. We've had a, um, a company out in Washington. They've lost four. Yeah, four? military unit lost four. One of them All was, in the same unit. One of them was Two issue, medics. issue your weapons. We're on the range shooting, and the guy took his gun and turned it on himself right on the range. So you've got how many people saw that affected by that, you know? Yeah, so it's... The isolation, we, the worst of it is these guys that are calling and they're like, I've been in my house for six weeks and yeah. I haven't talked to anyone because I'm a single guy and our, you know, my, this part of my team's deployed, the other, and they're stuck. So I'm literally here by myself with my thoughts <laughs> and it's dangerous. It's so dangerous. So that's why we always like Tom and I are like, check on your strong friends, but really please check on your strong friends because the ones that aren't reaching out. Those are the ones that terrify us. The ones that are like, hey, I've picked up the phone. We're like, we've got you. Okay, we've got you. We can do this. But the guys that aren't reaching out, that's where that's where we get scared. And there's a lot of people hurting right now. Just a lot of and a lot of like they don't want to be right because it's like, no, Mm -hmm. I've got it. Like you said, you know. Oh, it's fine. The election, the riots, the COVID, you know, (laughs) my parents are in a hospital, whatever. It's cool. I'm fine. I'm like, I don't I don't think you are. Let's let's talk about this. It's a tough year. It was a tough year emotionally for a lot of people who were thrust into things they weren't trained for. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was uh well I'm glad to hear you glad definitely glad to hear you guys are back on uh you know back on track for twenty twenty one. Hopefully, uh if uh if we're if we're reading the tea leaves correctly and if uh if the three of us, if our predictions have been correct since uh, since last summer and after the election, I think the new administration, I think COVID is uh, about to become a thing of the past. I think everything is going to start opening back up. And uh, you know, that's right. It's all better now. Uh, all better. <laughs> you know, it's and it's uh, second. I'm like. Yeah, we yeah. literally the day after inauguration, the morning, they're like, your children will be back at four days a week. I was like, it only took one day. Just one day. One day. That's all we needed. It's one. <laughs> it's like a late Christmas miracle. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, if you guys, uh, you obviously, I know I was, uh, I think I was out in Texas when you guys came, rolled into town, uh, when you guys were speaking mm-hmm. over at USASOC, over at SWIC, I was out in Texas shooting deer. And, uh, but, you know, absolutely, if you guys, you know, find your way back to Fort Bragg. Absolutely. Let me know. Um, and, uh, February. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely let me know. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, the, uh, real quick, Jen, you, uh, you alluded to it earlier and I know you spoke to, uh, to my wife about it. Um, and I meant to bring this up when we were talking about books, but so your book club, uh, tell us, tell us real quick about your, about your book club. I was just telling him I was. I'll be back. Um, That's a nice way to say that. Usually he just pees where he is all the time. 
like on target, like here's the commander and he just turns and pees. I'm like, do you guys just do that? And he's like, yeah, I get nervous before exercise. He did not pee on the floor today. He actually went to the bathroom, but yes, the book club, um, I'm super excited because your wife is leading it up and she, um, just talked to her about it today and Virago. So one of the things that we wanted to do was, um, when I was met Tom, started working alongside of him, I was so confused on PTS. I didn't even know it was PTS. I thought he just was a raging asshole who had a major drinking problem. <laughs> and, you know, like, I'm like, you need to go to anger management classes or something. You know, even the guys in the unit call you a dick. So that's a problem. You know, like, seriously, one of the one of the first guys I met, he goes, yeah, um, he was a heavy breacher. And he said, I, I thought all the CSMs in the unit had to be bipolar or some sort of mental disorder because they're all fucking crazy. And he's like, and Tom was probably one of the worst of them. Like, I heard I, that. yeah, I was talking about your Spooner story. of oh, I thought yeah. they all had to be bipolar or some sort. Actually, I don't know that he said all CSMs. He said the Mogadishu CSMs all were bipolar or Might scared. have been a true story. <laughs> something i was like i think it's called ptsd but that's cool um so the book club at virago anyone can join truly when i was going through that that's a long way around to say i didn't have the knowledge or the information i didn't have the community i felt super super scared alone frightened even suicidal myself in this place so I don't want other women uh, to be in that space. I want them to feel unified. We're in this together. We might be different. We might have our own stories. We might come a lot of veteran and active duty wives have a lot of childhood trauma that they bring into the relationship too. They're not even seeing how that's playing. Um, like I would joke, my trigger is triggering his trigger, which just triggered my trigger. But it's true. You know, like we had to figure out how to break that negative cycle. It took a while. But these book clubs are to bring information, to bring community. Um, so our first book is going to be a Brene Brown book. Talk about vulnerability and shame. She's the queen. I love her so much. So um, it's actually a book that Tom resisted reading for a year. It's called Braving the Wilderness. And on a plane, he's like, I don't have shit to read. I'm like, can you read this, <laughs> read book, this please? one? I'm like, fuck. All right. <laughs> please read this book. And it's so good. And he's reading, reading, reading. And I'm like, he's got his pen out. And I'm like, you underline the entire fucking book. Like I, I got to buy a new book now. Because <laughs> it's all good. It's all the entire, how do you know what part's best? Cause it's all underlined. So that's the book we're doing guys, gals. I don't care who you are. This book talks about why you need a tribe, what the lack of tribe is going to do to you. Um, why it's important to, um, to be connected. And so it opened a lot of, things for him, why he behaved the way he did, why the relationships he had with other guys in the unit or his, you know, exes, why his child, why they were constructed and deconstructed that way. So it's a great book. It's funny. Laughed my ass off too. But hopefully what we're doing is getting a community together that can say, yeah, we have this experience together of loving someone who, you know, had been through some really bad situations and is working his way back out of it. But this is what we're dealing with as spouses on the other side of it. And so um, it's really just community support and education awareness. And hopefully we can 
helps um, people not feel so alone and isolated in it. So, yeah. Awesome. How can people, how can people find your, uh, your book club at Virago? So Virago is on um, all the social, I don't even know. Can I say that anymore? All the social platforms. I don't even know what they are. Like, Whatever not you on, choose to be on. It's not on the new ones yet, but it will be. Um, okay. But it's on Facebook, Instagram. We don't do Twitter anymore. So. Well, I'm there, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. We're banned from everywhere anyway. So yeah, we get blocked. <laughs> We're shit. If you can find us on social media. Um we are um, we are there, but also allsecurefoundation.org has a Virago tab that we're building out. So there'll be all the information there as well. Um, and everyone's welcome, men, women, active duty, family members. Really, this is an open community. Like I said, we will have a private group that is vetted for special operation uh, partners, but this is an open community. So, yeah, come Perfect. join us. Perfect. Stuff. All right. <laughs> So that uh, that closes us out. We're uh, we're, at, we're at that time. Um, Tom, Jen, I again one personally, you know, for for being a, a recipient of uh, you know your your workshops and, and your couples retreat and your tutelage, um, you know, and kind of helping me figure out that uh, that I that I wasn't alone and kind of how I felt and uh, kind of what I was what I was dealing with. Um, I can't thank you enough. Uh, but as a uh, you know. And as as a fellow as a fellow former green suitor, you know, uh, I know I can speak for for Roger and Luke on this. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for what you guys do uh, for for folks out there. You know, you guys are you know, like Roger said, a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people, you know, are out there, you know, saying they do great and wonderful things. But you guys are literally saving lives and. You know, we we can't thank you enough. Um, we will, you know, we want to continue our relationship not only as uh, as friends with you guys, but also, you know, trying to support all secure Virago and what you guys are doing. So we're here for you, whatever you need. I don't, you know, I know we didn't, uh, you know, we can't contribute much. Um, you know, as as most folks, we're definitely going to try to uh, to help as we can. But definitely appreciate what you guys are doing, and. Uh, we look forward to, to getting you guys back on here uh, here in a couple months. Maybe we'll see how 2021's treating you. Maybe hopefully it's a little better and uh, yep. and see uh, what All Secure Virago have, uh, have in store. Awesome. Yeah, it has to be better. And, and, and thank and you. Thank oh. you, guys. I tell you what, we want awareness. We want people to know about us if they need to know about us. You know what I mean? Those that don't need to know about us, great. I mean, maybe you'll never bump anybody in the world that you can help maybe you'll never need help great hey i I hope that for everyone but if not man uh, awareness for a place to find help and if it's not us we'll help you find a place that does help i mean that's uh that's all we care about man we've been through hell together (laughs) we've been we have friends that have been through hell and we want to help them out of it i mean that's all we're doing it for you know we're we're getting rich doing this so (laughs) that's what we're doing Yeah, I don't know what people think, but we honestly do it because um, it didn't take much to help me. I had to do the work anyway. It didn't take much for someone else to help me. So that's what we want to do. We want to help someone else wake up and help them do the work and feel better because it can be done. Awesome. 
And with that, we want to thank uh, thank Carlton Zeus once again for uh, for the intro music. You can catch him on Apple Music, and uh, you can find him at www.carltonzeus.com. Until next time, uh, canteeners, we're going to uh, we're going to bid you adieu. So keep your canteen cups filled and keep them tightly secured. <laughs>